When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Here's Juju backing in. Right to left across the lane. An easy shot for him. Kaiser with a steal. One-on-one. Reverse with a right hand. He beat the defender down the floor. Ohio. And Jamie Kaiser gets his first points of the afternoon. Scott from the right corner with a three. Yes! Right off the bench. He's got two buckets. Both are triples. And Maryland's up by 11. Dante Scott drops in his third field goal. All three from triple range. Nine points for Scott. And the Terps up 33-18. to Jeremiah Williams going to go one-on-one against Jahari Long. Blocked away from behind by Jonathan Lamote. Picked up by Harris Smith. And that's it. The horn sounds and the Terrapins have knocked off Rutgers today, evening up the season series. This final, 63-46. We're 20 points away from probably being like the the 10th team in the country, as crazy as that sounds. And that can get a little frustrating, and that can get a little, that can make you kind of maybe go the other way. I think what's great about this is that these kids have stayed extremely competitive, extremely hungry to win. I think you saw a team that hasn't given up, which a lot of teams can this time of year. So to go out and play well and get rewarded because we've played well. You know, I thought we played really well at Wisconsin. We played good against Illinois. Um, had a couple couple of calls in both those games that changed momentum late. So to see these guys come out and play well, I think it's re- very rewarding. You're the call. Johnny Holiday on the call. You heard the game right here on 105.7 The Fan. And the Terps, uh, they were up 12 at the half, coasted to a 63-46 win over Rutgers, a team they lost to at home by three, kind of a heartbreaking game. Then you're at Kevin Willard. I guess he's right. They've lost so many one one possession and close games. You give them 20 points and you stagger them through a bunch of games. And yeah, but you can't do that. But this was a game that was interesting because uh, Jameer Young was not good, and as a matter no. of fact, he he was he was two and nine from the field. He missed four four three throws, which I don't think he's ever done at Maryland. Six for ten, including a couple front ends, which would have given an opportunity for two more free throws, and yet they still won by seventeen. Yeah, um, look, and what what Willard's saying is true. I mean, you go back to what are they one and eight in Big Ten games decided yeah. by. Five points or less. So I get it. Um, and look, if they were a little bit more of a consistent basketball team and if they got off to better starts, then no doubt about it. This was 
the preseason number three pick in the conference. Mm-hmm. So there's some talent there. Um, look, this was a great win. Anytime you win at the rack or Jersey Mike Center, they call it now, you you know, you've earned it. Uh, those guys played tenacious D. They struggled, though. Um, Rutgers did in this one. Didn't play up to their normal levels. How about the Terps allowing 18 points in the first half? <laughs> I think the Rutgers, between the first and second half, went almost seven minutes without a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Rutgers shot 18% from three-point land, which is worse than even, you know, sort of the Terps at their worst tend to do. And obviously at home, that's really going to do you in. But I think a lot of that had to do with the, the the frustration they felt as Maryland was able to open up a big lead on them and uh, shot selection, just the, the turnovers, um, taking care of the ball, all those things became a problem for Rutgers. Um, look, this was Jordan Geronimo's best game by far. This Playing was the in Jordan front of his Geronimo family. game. Like yeah. going back to Jersey. Brought out the best in him. He was above the rim. Like, he was leaping. He, we know he had ups, but, man, were they showing in this game. And the double-double, 11 points, 11 rebounds. He seemed to be everywhere. Uh, that's awesome to see, you know? Yeah. Is that a blip? Is that somewhat sustainable? Hmm. I, I, you know. Double-double, I, double, I, I think, I mean, is probably a blip. Yeah. Um, Getting Juju Reese involved offensively shouldn't Juju be a blip, Juju took advantage of his touches inside. Um Eight of 11 from the field. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. I'll say this too, and, and it, it comes in, in spurts, but I feel like Harris Smith is getting more comfortable. He had five early points, only finished with seven. Right. But I feel like his game is inside the three-point line. Like his game is driving and either ditching yes. or trying to put it off the glass, and he seems to be getting more comfortable. Yeah. I, I would agree with that. I mean, look, it's not going to be great game, great game, great game. He's he's a true freshman. This is a tough league. But there's been more, if you're going to like grade him plus game or minus game lately, and I, I don't mean defensively in the scoring chart, but just overall, if you're pleased with it or, or not so much, there have been more checks than minuses lately. Um, and it is hard to think about like what could have been because this team is not that far removed from being 10-7 and seven yeah. in the Big Ten right now. And you know, flirting with maybe getting, you know, not having to play the first weekend. But let's look glass half full right now. Mm-hmm. They get a Northwestern team who they should have beat in Evanston. They get Indiana, who's bad. And I know that it's hard to win at Penn State, but it's also hard to win at Rutgers, and yeah. they just won at Rutgers. Yes. Like, Remember, we talked about this in the middle of the season. They had a stretch of three out of four where they were uh, four games that were winnable, right? Including at Sparty, where they kind of gave that one away. Yep. The first Rutgers game at home, they gave that one away. Sparty at home, they gave, gave that, that one, one away. away. Right? Minnesota, and then you had, they gave away. Right. So they didn't take advantage of that stretch of the schedule. Then you were going to have to go to Wisconsin. That was going to be tough, right? You were going to, like, Illinois was going to come here. Like, are you really going to sweep Illinois? But then the final four games were winnable. Mm-hmm. If they were, and, and this might sound crazy, but they've already won, what, four times as many road games this year as last year? They've got three road wins three in conference. Road wins. Yeah. If they got Penn State, that would be four yeah, times. Yes, correct. But, like, do you think it's out of the realm of possibility that they beat Northwestern Wednesday night? No. And then they should beat Indiana at home Indiana to end the home like, schedule. It looks like Mike Woodson's about to get that fired. That thing's over. Yeah. That's a reboot. 
And I know they've been in desperate spots before, and it seems like they always play Penn State at the end of the year, and that's been a house of horrors. But could you imagine a 9-10 and 10 Maryland team going in there and maybe being loosey-goosey? Like, I feel like maybe I'm an idiot for saying this, but like they could be ten and ten going into that tournament. Yeah, and if they and then if they do finish ten and ten, they get out of the bottom. They're they're out of the bottom right. four, which gets them the single buy, which is very important. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna remain optimistic here. Like, obviously, must win game at home against Northwestern, but you know, Northwestern was one of those games where. You kind of got you got the 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 greatness of Jameer. You got peak Jameer on the mm. road, but then the final two minute Jameer, you know, shot selection, ball distribution decisions were not elite. So I'm sure they want to do over from that one. They're, Wednesday night is a big spot, um, and they've managed to get results on the road. A hell of a lot better than they could a year ago. They only so, won one conference road game a year ago. Yes. They've won three this year. Yes. And well, that, last year was just at Minnesota, yes, right? It was, it was god awful. awful. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's win these two at home. <clears throat> Go to Penn State with a chance to be 500 in conference. When they're right, they can play with anybody in this conference. Mm-hmm. Like Purdue, like Purdue with Edie, like is that going to be a really tough ass for them? And the way they've got the inside outside game going, sure. It would str- it, we've seen it. It stresses their defense in a way that most teams can't and it makes their greatest strength that defense a little bit more wobbly i get it i don't really want to see purdue again but like we know they can beat iowa they split with illinois like i i I feel like anybody else in this conference on their day juju stays out of foul trouble they don't have a horrific start they don't shoot more than 12 or 13 three-pointers i feel like they could play with anybody well just go through the conference and there's they, the Indiana game on the road they got killed remember that game early we're like this is disgusting they got beat badly by Purdue but they should have won at Michigan uh they beat Illinois they should they should have beaten Northwestern they yes. should have beaten Michigan State they beat Iowa they beat Nebraska at home they should have won at Michigan State like they should have beaten Rutgers at home yes. they, they should have won at Ohio State they couldn't make free throws down right. the stretch lost in double overtime like that's sh- one that really yeah, hurt that, yeah, yeah. that one really hurt They should have beaten Illinois at home. They should have beaten Wisconsin. He is not, like, it's crazy. This team is incredibly limited, but he's not, when Kevin Willard says we're 20 points away from being here, he's not wrong. No, no. I mean, that's when you lose that many one, two possession games, that that's, you know, that's going to, there's, there's going to be some truth in that. Um, and look, for them now, I'm sure the grind, how many minutes their big three have played, it feels you're feeling the weight of the marathon, but it really is a sprint here, right? I mean, you've got three days off, you play, you play again on the weekend, and you got a little bit of break, you play Penn State. Like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Wouldn't they it could, be fun? They could, I mean... What if they go 10-10 and 10 in conference... And win and, one game in the conference and tournament. And win one t- game in the tournament. They should, I mean, uh, are they in? I mean, uh, man, it makes it interesting, doesn't it? I mean, it made t- they don't have a whole lot of quad one wins, right? And they're not going to, even if they run the table here to get to 10 and yeah. 10, they're not going to pick up any more of those. But like, I guess it's who do they beat mm-hmm. in the tournament? Do they beat it? Like, let's say they get a third crack at Illinois and beat them. That might be enough. Yeah, ranked team. You're absolutely right. Maryland back in action, as Jason said, coming up this Wednesday, Northwestern. It's a 7 o'clock tip, which means pregame coverage starts at 6 here on The Fan. Coming up next, we're bone out.
Vote we, out. But we still have time for TMI and absentia. And we got to get to this court storming situation. In the last couple weeks, we've had Caitlin Clark in a women's game get hit uh, on a court storm. And then uh, yesterday, or this weekend, you had uh, an, an injury in the Duke game and Wake Forest beat Duke. Is it time to ban court storming? We'll discuss next here on The Fan. Inside Access. Hot takes from the guy behind the glass. I'm in a glass case of emotion. TMI with TIM. TMI. TMI, my friends. Inside Access. 1057 The Fan. So in the last couple of weeks, obviously it's a TMI with Tam, but he ain't here. Uh, he's uh, he was at he's the, at the game. game. Yeah, he's at the Orioles Rays game. Rays are uh, leading six three. That game in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, Arm Brewster four strikeouts and two and a third for the Orioles. Uh, just one hit. That's that's a nice, nice. little sign there. Uh, Brenovich gave up a couple runs there. Kapovich two innings, one hit, two walks, no runs. So uh, Orioles uh, playing a split uh, split squad game. Uh, Jordan Westberg just missed two homers. He is two for three with a home run though. So it's a little Orioles there. But anyway, Bone not here. But we had another incident this weekend. Wake Forest beat Duke. And by the way, Wake Forest was favored in that game. So the people at Wake Forest should have been aware there's a chance they're going to beat Duke, who's eighth right. in the country, and they should have been prepared. But instead, uh, Kyleville pa- uh, Filipowski, their forward at Duke. Gets hit by a fan who rushed the court. Had to be helped off the court. He hurt his knee. Kyle Filipowski was tweeting afterwards. He felt this was on purpose. This is this is after uh, a couple weeks ago when Iowa got upset and uh, and, and now her name. I just I, I said it last. Was second. it Caitlin Clark? Caitlin Clark yeah. got hit, ran into, and yep. she got knocked down. And so. It, it, we're now back to what are we going to do about court storming? And I was thinking about this a lot, Jason. So when we were kids in the 70s and 80s, there used to be field and court stormings in Major League Baseball in the NBA. When the Celtics won the championship, those yeah. fans ran on the Boston Gardens court. Yes. NBA stopped that. So did Major. There's a famous shot of, I think it was after Reggie hits a home run to win a playoff game. He's rounding the bases and he's slugging he's people. Shit. Yeah. He's slugging people as he's, he's trying to get to well, home plate. Well, everybody remembers Hank. I mean, Hank Aaron yes. breaking. Yeah. Or, 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 well, those were just two people. Yeah. yeah. But still rounding. But I mean, yeah. there was, yeah, it yeah. wasn't. It was. And then obviously there was Morgana the Kissing yes, Bandit. Yes. Yes. Which, I mean, imagine that oh, today's. No, that, no. that. And like, so part of me, I'm torn on this. So there's part of me who was raised that way, and it was kind of part of the sporting culture, and it didn't lead to any incident. So it's kind of like, are we over-regulating everything, right? Or are we getting soft? Are we getting too caught up in trying to mitigate every possible outcome in sports today and, and maybe just being overly judicious? But then there's also a part of me that's like, well, everything evolves, right? Mm-hmm. And there probably shouldn't be a woman running around sporting events with her bosoms flying yeah. out of her, you know, her shirt, running around kissing random baseball players. Yeah. Like, you know, it was kind of, I guess, quaint for its time, but it, it probably is played out. And you know what? We are seeing these young student athletes having incidents where they appear to be hurt or it's a near miss or. So maybe there's an evolution part of this, too, where you, you, you right, you evolve, you make yeah. changes. There was a time when Major League Baseball players didn't wear batting helmets. Yes. Right? There was a time. The mound has been lowered and and raised and moved and think we, right? Like, so I ultimately still, though, in our little poll, which I'll get to in a minute, I still voted let the kids be kids. And I don't even know exactly why. Like, because there's a big part of me that feels like that's stupid, but that's 
Maybe it's just because I am, was born in 1974. I'm surprised you went that way. But I, I, I feel like, and I've been in favor of it for a long time at college games because I feel like it's part of the culture. But now I also feel like people suck. That's true. <laughs> but we're definitely devolving in that regard. Oh, as a as a species, yes. And there's another factor, and I saw Seth, I thought Seth Greenberg made a great point this morning talking about it. Ninety percent of these kids have their cell phone in their hand, videotaping, and that's don't even know where the hell they're running. Too. So that's how people get run into. And I also I hadn't th- thought of that. And I also thought Jay Billis was on this morning, and I think we have this. Uh, Jay Billis talking about this whole situation. Friend of the well, show. I mean, it goes back to what I've been saying all this time. It's fans don't belong on the court. And fans may not want to hear that, but it's true. And while this does happen in college, it doesn't happen in the NFL. It doesn't happen in the NBA or Major League Baseball. Uh, and it's easy to stop. But the truth is, Greeny, I mean, I, I, I'm happy to talk about this with you, but it's really kind of pointless because it's not going to stop. The NCAA doesn't want it to stop. And by the NCAA, I mean the member institutions. They like it. They like the visual. They take pictures of it. They put it up all throughout their institution in their locker rooms. They use it in recruiting. And the truth is, like, the media has to take some accountability here, too. We like it, too. We put it at the end of every highlight. We tacitly encourage it. And when South Carolina won a big game earlier this year, the president emeritus of the university ran out onto the court and bragged about it on social media. And all these institutions say we're happy to pay the fine. They're happy to pay the fine for that visual. And it could all stop tomorrow. You know, you hear administrators say, look, it's too difficult. It's problematic to stop fans from rushing the court. Well, they don't have to stop them. All they have to do is don't let them off the court. You can ring the court. There's law enforcement there. Uh, Detain everyone. Give them either criminal citations or arrest them. And it all stops tomorrow. But they don't want to do it. They like it. They like it. Interesting thoughts, Jay Billis, friend of the show. He's been on the program. Smart guy. Yes, Not he only is. a basketball analyst, but he was a lawyer for a time. He he knows of what he speaks, and I think he's right. The the team, the schools love it, and yeah. they do recruit off of it. Yeah, and and look, it doesn't happen at the NCAA tournament because the NCAA tournament is the purveyor of those events, and they ban it. And well, you could also say, well, those aren't really played on campuses yeah, that much th- anymore. There's no home court advantage right. on an NCAA right. tournament game. But some of these get you, but there is seating advantages, and yeah. it's a lot easier for some fans to get there than others. And they ban it. So could the conferences ban it? Sure. Could any school president ban it? Hey, you threatened to lose your right to go to school here if you do this. They absolutely could. I, I don't think. It's probably going to change because of what, what Jay Bill has said. If the people in power and of authority think they can monetize this and, and use it to their advantage through recruiting or just optics, then it's not going to change. We do have a poll out. Um, I don't know if we have time to take a call or not, but 410-583-1057 is the number. And at IA1057, the fan is our Twitter feed. The poll says... Where are we on court storming in college hoops? Is this debate a sign of us, quote-unquote, getting soft? Or is it about time to evolve and protect the athletes from potential injury? Should it be outlawed, or are we prisoner of the moment? Ban court storming, 45%. Let the kids be kids, 55%. We are 625 votes in. That poll goes through tomorrow. Yeah, I'm someone who loved it forever, and like the images of seeing like when Alabama lost to Auburn on the kick six, and missed the field goal, guy runs it back. Yes, kid named Chris Davis, by the way. Uh, and the and the Auburn fans stormed the field. That 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 stuff. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. But again, I come back to the people are are are, are jerks now, and and I just I, and the fuss cell phone part. Yeah, of it. that so, is. 
that's troubling because, yeah, people can't walk down the street these days without some jackass, yeah, um, posting a picture of it. So that, and especially kids that that age, as influenced as they are by social media, and well, yeah, who wouldn't want to be a part of that? It yeah. immediately becomes, um, what's the term I'm looking for? A viral, viral moment. Yeah. So you want to be part of the virus? Able <laughs> spread yeah. it around. Yeah. So I, I reluctantly voted ban it because I do love it, but now I'm worried people are going to get hurt. I, again, I was totally torn. Ultimately, I don't know what overcame me when I just decided now it's time to vote, and I said let the kids be kids. Um, when the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. But it, it probably has run its course. Vote at IA1057. The fan I'm still in support of streaking, though. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Not so much at sporting events, just random streaking. Or just the bone running out. Uh, well, he'll take his shirt off, yeah, but I don't, I don't yeah. think the bone. As much as he pretends he's down the clown, I don't yeah. think the bone would streak for any amount of money. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Hey, coming up next, we, Cole, we played the cut earlier about Cole Irvin, and he says he was watching some stuff for Pitching Ninja. And it, uh, it 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 basically led him to change his cutter. He's having success with it. Rob Friedman, pitching ninja, joins us next here on the fan. Inside access on the fan. Most guys, I prefer the horseshoe to be away. I like the horseshoe to be towards my body. Um, so I took that grip, and after watching those pinching pitching ninja videos uh i just kind of ever so shifted shifted the four seam got a little bit more in uh middle finger pressure and my thumb is kind of sitting on the seam um a little bit more so you know just the game never stops the game doesn't stop for you so you got to keep continuing to innovate and get better and find things that are going to work for your repertoire and and that and, and those adjustments to that to that cutter are going to be really good it's Cole Irvin uh, over the weekend giving credit to Pitching Ninja for some changes he made uh, in his pitching. And uh, let's go out to the WGK Law guest hotline uh, now where we're joined by the Pitching Ninja himself. He's a Peacock pitching analyst, MLB analyst, uh, age, uh, Rob Friedman. And Rob, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining us. So uh, what's your reaction when you hear Cole Irvin giving you credit for some changes he made? Oh, I think it's awesome. I mean, that's what I live for. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, what what like how much can we read into this? It's just one outing, but the um efficacy of that pitch and then just the velo jump in general, um are you surprised by it? What's your reaction to it? So I'm, I'm not necessarily surprised by it, by it, but I think you can read a lot into it. Okay. Um, I know the folks he's working, he was working with over at Tread Athletics. They're fantastic. And uh, that velo difference is real, and it's going to make – like that's always been kind of the knock on him was a lack of velo. Yeah. And, you know, throwing 95-96 is a – Big difference. Yeah. So uh, I, I expect much better results, and he's always had good command. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see where this goes. Speaking of where things are going to go, Rob, uh, Grayson Rodriguez, and we've seen a lot of positives, but, you know, he did not pitch well in the playoffs. What do you see for him in year two? Um, I see a big year. He's got some of the best stuff of anybody in baseball, and I'm a big fan of, of him and his stuff. I told people early, I mean, you, it's very tough. Like a rookie, it's, it's tough to get a read on. Um, you've got to cut folks some slack because they're learning, they're adjusting. Year two should be um, still some adjusting, but he, he, has a, he has a season under his belt and knows what to expect, and that's a big deal. So I'm expecting him to be huge. I know that um, you are not a, a surgeon, although your uh, cut-ups and your video skills are surgical. Yeah. Um, so I don't really bring this to you from a, a medical background, but you obviously understand pitching. You understand what these guys do to a baseball and what the toll that takes on a on a body and an elbow in particular. The way the Orioles are handling Cal Bradish, anything about this surprise you? And is it is it hard for you not to think – TJ, anytime you hear ulnar collateral ligament, even if it's supposedly, what did they call it? A strain. A sprain. They a call it a sprain and not a strain. Yeah, it's all the same thing. I mean, it's a tear uh, to some extent. It depends where the tear is. The fact that, I mean, you know that he's getting treated by the best folks. Sure. And, and PRP works in some areas and it doesn't work in others. And I'm assuming. They got a read on it saying that this is going to be more susceptible to healing with with uh, PRP, and I'm I'm somewhat optimistic, but I'm always hesitant to be that optimistic on these things because it's a crapshoot. I've seen sometimes it works. I'm like Tanaka had a had a tour had this pretty much the same thing, mm-hmm. and and was able to pitch through it. There are pitchers that definitely pitch through it and that, you know, there's always some variation of tears and stuff. It may not be a significant one, but it's definitely something to watch. I mean, it made me worried because I love his stuff. Like he was one of my, you know, he's a Cy Young candidate. Yeah. A healthy Kyle Bradish. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, it's, it's scary, but again, he's being treated by some good folks. And if they, if they came to the inclusion that it's going to be, something that they can treat with that because otherwise you can do an internal brace or something and have it heal in six months potentially um, instead of full TJ, but they seem to be comfortable with it. So I'm not going to second guess. We're talking to Rob Freeman. It's inside access here on the fan. So let's dare to dream for a moment, Rob. You just talked about how much you like Bradish. You love Grayson Rodriguez. So assuming that Bradish can pitch, how good is this rotation with the addition of Corbin Burns, who I think everybody thinks is one of the best pitchers in baseball? He's definitely one of the best pitchers in baseball, and I think that that's the big difference maker. Number one, his stuff. He's a legit number one um, every year, perennial Cy Young Award candidate, but also he's a great teammate, and his ability to lift others is going to be important. So 
he's not afraid to be the number one and to also share his insight. And it could help guys like Grayson Rodriguez make even further adjustments. I think it's a really good thing. And Irvin, too, borrowing Corbin Burns' grip. I mean, that's a, that's a big deal, and Corbin can help him nail that down. We didn't see a whole lot of this because, you know, it was only, what, 28 pitches or something like that in total. But I'm wondering if you've heard at least about Corbin Burns and this second curveball that has a little bit more of a slider bite thrown at a higher velo. The you know the early BP sessions with his new teammates here in Baltimore. We had Cedric Mullins on the show. He was raving about it. Is this on your radar? It's definitely on my radar. I haven't seen much of it. Sure. But, I mean, I trust Burns to spin the ball more than anybody. He's just he got incredible talent to be able to do that. He could certainly change shapes of it. And I you know his his curve was really. I mean, it's his stuff other than his cutter is really underrated. His stuff is overall just filthy everything he throws so it wouldn't he doesn't need another weapon but (laughs) why not uh let's take a look inside the division and and uh, we talked about if bradish is healthy this rotation looks good Uh, i I assume you 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 would slot toronto uh right up there as well i definitely like theirs um i would yeah um i'm a little I'm a little open. I mean, I think there's there's uh, there's other contenders there, but I think Toronto's is very good. I, I happen to like them a, a ton. So uh, yeah, potentially Yankees are going to be good too. Are you buying Manoa bounce back? I, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Alex, he's a he's a he's a competitor. Yeah, he, he gets a bad rap. He's you know he has obviously great stuff, and I think he's he's a great character in baseball. I would love to see him bounce back, but I want to see it on the mound first before I say anything. Do you like the Stroman fit in the Bronx? Um, it's where he's always wanted to play. <laughs> I don't think the the city's going to get to him as it does with with some folks. Um, I think he's a good fit where he is because they they do have a lot of pitching, and hopefully he'll fit in well in that staff. I think a Rodon bounce back is definitely in the cards, and if you got that. Um, with obviously Cole and then Stroh fitting in there, I think, and Nestor, obviously. I think that that's going to be a, a really good staff. Any thoughts on Jordan Montgomery? We'd love to see him here because we feel like you can never have enough uh-huh. pitching, um, especially lefties, since we haven't seen many Orioles lefty starts since they changed to Baltimore. I mean, do you think maybe now if Boris kind of did what we thought he might have to do with Bellinger, that maybe some of these, you know, Snell and Montgomery end up going on one year, basically three one year deal masquerading as three year deals. I think that's probably fairly likely to happen. Um, I don't know where where he'll end up, but he's certainly a good fit. Uh, he's a he's good fit. I mean, as is Snell. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'll take Snell whatever, whatever team I'm on. I mean, dude figured it out. He figured out that he just it doesn't walks don't matter if they don't score score. So. Uh, He's got such nasty stuff. Hey, Rob, I'm curious. You mentioned Grayson's prime for a big year, too. Is there any other pitchers that maybe fans, like they've seen, have blips, but that are prime for a big year this Tarek year? Tarek Skubal? I love Tarek Skubal. Me, too. Like, that, yeah, like he's another one of my dark horse Cy Young type guys. I don't even know if you consider him dark horse, but I consider him both. Uh, him and Bradish were way up there. But Skubal, absolutely, and then Cole Reagans as well. Um, you saw what he could do in the second half. Yes. But I'm, I'm definitely looking for him this year. He already, he hit 101 yesterday in a spring training game. Yeah, 
mean, it's a freaking horse. Yeah, <laughs> disgusting. Yeah, we're big Jesus Lizardo guys around yeah. here as well. Oh, heck yeah, the now Jesus Lizard. Yes, the Jesus Lizard's fantastic, and and another guy who flies under the radar for such really good stuff. We're talking to Rob Freeman. It's Inside Access here on the Fan. Uh, so let. Uh, Curious, and obviously uh, the, the Orioles are going to be, we'll go back to the Orioles, the Orioles are going to be without Felix Bautista. What did you see last year from Kimbrell? How much do you feel like he's got left? He's got the experience and the craft. I mean, he still throws pretty hard, and his stuff still plays well. He's not the Craig Kimbrell of, you know, 18 Ks per nine or anything. But was he 12, I think, per nine last year? And, you know, I like having an experienced guy there. He's going to give you a little roller coaster, as most, you know, everybody always thinks their closer is the worst closer. And it gives you, you know, <laughs> right. it, it's just what people do. It's a tough job. And, and everybody always, always remembers when you screw up. Shoot, I post Mariano Rivera and everybody's like, oh, yeah, the Diamondbacks did a walk-off. Like, <laughs> it's Mariano Rivera. Um, Craig Kimball, one of the greatest closers of all time. And I kind of like him to anchor the staff. Again, I like a veteran presence. I love Bautista, though. So, I mean, you're not going to be able to pick up like that. Right. Nobody's, nobody's Felix Bautista other than him. Um, but good pickup. Like, I think he's, he's solid. I mean, he'll give in. Then you have Cano, too. He's, he's pretty darn good when he's hot. Do you have any thoughts philosophically about the, the we'll call it the Eckersley save, you know, the, the five and six out save that Bautista still did with, with – I guess some regularity, but at the other end of the spectrum, right? Like we, we saw a guy like Josh Hader pretty much say, I'm not doing any of that going into his, his walk year, which I get, but do you think that that has anything to do with guys breaking down or in Batista's case with him having to go the TJ route? Yeah, it's not impossible because it is an overuse type injury. And I know he, you know, Bautista is always going to be balls to the wall every time he's yeah. out there, right? Like he's just that guy. So it's uh, it 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 could be because it's it's more work. But I hate to pin it to any one thing, only because we know a lot, but we don't know everything about it. And one pitch could do it, or multiple pitches. But obviously, the more you throw, the better chance there is of something going wrong. But also, the more impact you have on a game. It's a, it's a yeah. it's just a spectrum. Rob Friedman, you can catch him on a Peacock. He's their pitching analyst, Fandle Sportsbook pitching guru, and also check him out on Twitter at, at Pitching Ninja. Great stuff, Rob. Thank you so Thank much for you. your time. Thanks for oh, helping out Cole Irvin. Yeah. <laughs> can you Thanks work on Kate Povich yet? Maybe you could connect with Kate Povich. We got another lefty for you. Oh, sure. Why not? Okay. I mean, we'll send him your I'm, way. I'm always game. <laughs> all right. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank Thanks, <you>. Rob. <laughs> All right, later. Hey, coming up next, all the young dudes. And we got some outfielders that are getting off to a decent start at spring training. Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Enrique Bradfield Jr., Kyle Stowers. We'll get into it next here on The Fan. Inside Access on The Fan. The Fan. The baby birds are growing up. We're on an excellent trajectory here. This group is going to help us keep taking a step forward. All the young dudes. It's liftoff from here for this team. Inside Access, 105.7 The Fan. Yeah, I think necessarily just, uh, you know, continuing to build off my routine and continue to be consistent at the plate. You know, not get too low on my lows, not to get too high on my highs, and continue to, I guess, trust the process and, uh, not try to do too much. 
Colton Kowser, he hit the walk-off in the Orioles' first spring training game. He went 0-for-1 with a walk today. He's batting, it's early. Batting, uh, he's got a, a slash line of 333, 1.333 uh, in this early going. And he's one of the young outfielders. Uh, Kyle Stowers homered today. Enrique yep. Bradfield Jr., he's making some noise. And then, of course, we all know about Heston Kerstad, who uh, we saw at the end of last year. Yeah, look, it's it. The more these kids get off to a hot start, the better. Um, Stowers lefty lefty home run yes. today. Uh, we've heard a lot about Stowers showing um, how sort of much he wants to be involved here with his early work, uh, facing some tough lefties. What he did in the cages and live BP against Orioles pitching, and then again a lefty lefty home run today. Um, I'm not sure that. He fits in the equation here anymore, and he's someone I think should have played a whole hell of a lot more last year at the major league level than he did. But alas, um, and then he got hurt. He, he I, I think he's going to have at least one 2025 home run season at the major league level, and maybe a bunch of them, depending on um, where he lands and what ballpark he's in. But I, I think he's a major league player again, whether that's here or not remains to be seen. But it's great to see him off to a, a a hot start, and even if that ends up only increasing his trade value, because I, I don't think it'd be right to send that kid back to Norfolk for a third year, um, or parts of a third year. We shall see. But he's someone who needed to probably internally, right, in the crevices of the back of his mind, where doubt creeps in, having a fast start can't hurt. And no one needed it more than Colton Kowser. Because he he's his body language, everything kind of seemed to be going in one direction last year, and it certainly wasn't up from fielding to hitting to everything else. So yeah, was it a wind blown home run and yada yada? Yeah, I guess, but it's a walk off, and yeah. they celebrated, and they got Gatorade poured on him, and he's feeling good about himself. He's also having quality at bats. The one thing I loved about him last year was. He worked counts. Yes, he did. Now, he he worked counts and didn't get on base as much as he should have for a guy who averaged that many pitches per plate appearance. But to see him walking is great, especially if they're going to bat him lead off in some of these lineups. Then, yes, it's incumbent on you to walk a little bit and to be athletic on the base path. So that's great to see. Enrique Bradfield Jr., his speed showing up in a bunch of different ways is huge. Him getting the balls in the outfield, if you were listening to the broadcast yesterday, um, those guys didn't think he was going to get to the ball he got to late in that game to save a run. Um, him putting the ball in play to drive a run in, him beating out an infield single, him stealing a base. That's what's going to, I think, frankly, have him on this major league roster when rosters expand in September and might just get him on a playoff roster as well. One thing we haven't seen yet is Jorge Mateo in the outfield. Yeah. I assume that's to come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, we, we, they've been talking like it was. I, I want to go back to Bradfield, and I apologize. I can't remember who tweeted it. But they said if Enrique Bradfield hits a a, a roller that bounces twice, just eat it because you're not getting yeah. him. He, no, it's, he's it's, just that fast. It's legit um, game-changing speed. It it Again, the scouting scale in baseball is 20 to 80. The scouting reports that have been done on him, the baseball in America in particular – um, continues to to say everyone they talk to about Bradfield going back to his time in the SEC, give him an 80 grade in speed and an 80. Most people are an 80 grade in the outfield. Some would say 70, 75, but he he's up there. Um, he's a major league elite base stealer and center fielder right now from a, a, a 
speed and defense perspective. Couple other quick notes. Uh, Jordan Westberg homered again today, and he just missed a second homer. Jared Kalenic pulled the ball from back from over the wall, but didn't catch it, so he had to settle for a triple. So he's getting off to a great start. Yeah, it's great to see. Um, I suspect we see quite a bit of him at third base. Uh, we obviously haven't seen Gunnar Henderson yet because of the oblique, but it sounds like he could be back. I think they're saying yeah. by next week, so yes. that would be great. And Kobe Mayo is that staying at third guy. base yeah. for now. And he went two for two today. Right. He's reached five of his six plate appearances, and I, I hope he gets action at third base. Um, if, and if he could stay there, look out. Uh, John Harbaugh and Eric DaCosta are talking at the Combine tomorrow. We're two weeks away from free agency. Spring training baseball has begun. It's an opportunity to talk to our friend Mark Viviano, sports director, WJZ Channel 13, and inductory. Uh, it's our first time talking and, to yeah, him. Inaugural member of the IA Hall of Fame. Viv joins us next here on The Fan. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage get cox internet powered by fiber with america's fastest download speeds it's internet built for tomorrow today cox always building better cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection speeds vary and are not guaranteed cox terms and other restrictions may apply analysis by ookla speed test intelligence data fixed median download speeds usq3 2023 Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.